Welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, United Bank, Mylin, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Hey, West Virginia, are you ready to get down to business? Welcome to Positively West Virginia where we share with you each week some of the amazing, positive business stories happening in the great state of West Virginia. This week, we're going to learn about the success story of Brandon Dennison, CEO of Coalfield Development Corporation. Brandon, are you ready to get down to business? I'm ready. All right. Brandon Dennison, as I said, is the CEO of Coalfield Development Corporation, which is based in Wayne, West Virginia. Their mission is to support a family of social enterprises that inspire the courage to grow, activate the creativity to transform perceived liabilities into assets, and cultivate the community needed for real opportunity in Appalachia through mentorship, education, and employment. I love that. Brandon, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that brief intro, and give us a little behind-the-curtain look into your personal life. Uh, absolutely. So the, the way that the, the mission plays out each and every day we have a family of social enterprises. A social enterprise is a, a business model that really blends the compassion of the nonprofit world with the efficiency of the, of the for-profit world. So really trying to do good in the world through good business. And, um, you know, really trying to work with what we have here from the bottom up rather than um, kind of waiting for a white knight to come and save our state, uh, really just trying to scrap together what we have and, and do it for ourselves. So uh, we have five social enterprises in sectors of the economy that we've identified as having real economic potential for our state, uh, sustainable agriculture, renewable energy, mine land reclamation, arts and culture, and uh, uh, construction industry, revitalizing uh, old historic buildings. And we hire unemployed people to staff these enterprises, and they work what we call a 33-6-3 model. So 33 hours of paid work each week just like for any other company, but six hours there in the community college classroom working towards an associate's degree, and three hours a week we do personal development, which are things like money management, time management, goal setting, communication, so forth and so on. So it's, it's really a holistic opportunity. My favorite phrase in that mission statement is to cultivate opportunity. You know, there's a lot of talk about we need jobs, and that's true, but, you know, just plopping somebody in a minimum wage job is not really transforming a, a region. So it's got to be a holistic, you know, a holistic opportunity for someone to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. Well, thank you very much for, for giving us that, uh, that, that bio. Tell us a little bit about your background, Brandon. Where, where did you, where, were, you know, where were you born? You were from Ona, just outside of Huntington, but what, what did your, uh, what, what led you to this path? Sure. Yeah. So born, born and raised in, in West Virginia, in the Huntington area. My parents were uh, professors at Marshall University, so higher education, um, just a solid middle class upbringing. On my dad's side, um, we have roots in Braxton County. Our family cemetery is there with graves that date you know, back well before the Civil War. So a lot of times when people ask me what motivates me, I, I kind of think of that family cemetery and um, I like to say Coalfield Development's born um, from a lot of love, uh, with, with a lot of love from West Virginians, uh, with a lot of love for West Virginians. So love from West Virginians for West Virginians. 
um, you know, I, I had a great upbringing, but I was a, always aware growing up that there was, you know, a lot of pain and suffering in Southern West Virginia all around me. And, um, in college, I went to Shepherd University in the Eastern Panhandle for college, which it, it almost, it's six hours away from where I grew up. So it almost felt like going out of state, a uh, different part of the state, but I was very involved with a Presbyterian church in town there, Shepherdstown Presbyterian church. And I would lead the youth group on these service trips um, you know, we went to Native American reservations, inner city soup kitchens, um, interacted with the migrant workers on the apple orchards over in that part of the state. I had a chance to go overseas. You know, I had a lot of amazing experiences, but everywhere I would go, you know, just this small voice would kind of nag at me that those places really weren't my home. And it made sense to do work in my home because that's the place I understood the most. And um, that's the place where I could have the biggest impact. So I kind of gathered up all those different experiences I, I had and, and used those to put together something that I thought could be effective in my home in southern West Virginia. Excellent. And there's not only was it your home, but there's an, it's needed, right? Yeah, the need is yeah, tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. So when did you get started with Coalfield Development Corporation? So I went to graduate school to study. I went to study nonprofit management, and while I was there, I learned about this concept of social entrepreneurship and really kind of got excited about that. Um, in between my first and second years of grad school, I went to Indiana in Bloomington, Indiana, because they had a good uh, program for this stuff. And uh, in between my first and second years of graduate school, I got an internship with the housing authority, uh, the housing authority of Wayne County, West Virginia. And my work task, my work goal for the summer was to help establish a new nonprofit organization. And very early on in that process, I didn't do a lot of talking that summer. I just really did a lot of listening and just trying to understand the dynamic and, you know, up and down the very rural hollers of southern West Virginia coal country. And it became pretty clear that, I mean, housing was important, but a lot of the housing work was Band-Aid work. And that what we faced here were these deep generational cycles of poverty, you know, two, three, four generations of people growing up, never having family sustaining employment, you know, never really getting up, going to work in the morning. And there were just a lot of um, psychological, emotional, deep wounds and scars. And I felt like if we weren't working at those, even though those are the hardest problems to work at, if we weren't working at those, we were just putting Band-Aids on deep scars and wounds. So I started really, I took my whole second year of graduate school and I uh, really tried to think deeply about what could really change the game. And I put together a, a, a business plan for Coalfield Development and this idea to introduce social enterprise uh, in southern West Virginia. And so I moved back in with my parents in 2011 when I finished my uh, graduate degree. And in 2012, we really, it, it took a long time to get started. I mean, it started on a shoestring with basically no money. And if I wouldn't have been able to live with my parents, I mean, I, you know, we wouldn't have been able to, to do it. And um, some turning points in 2012, my best friend from high school, Chase Thomas, joined me. And he had, you know, I'm kind of the, the business leader, the, the visionary, and Chase is an engineer, and he really balanced. Uh, we made a good team because he had more of the technical in the field knowledge, got our contractor's license. And um, so by 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 late 2012, we hired our first crew. We took out a loan with Community Works in West Virginia, which is a uh, nonprofit lender uh, statewide. And we got some small grants and we combined those two things together to get started. 
hired our first crew of just three uh, young guys and um, started started learning the hard way, which is just by doing it. That's awesome, man. What a, what an inspiring moment that was. So that was you actually got started on, on with the corporation in 2012. Yeah, our paperwork's 2010. I mean, we we existed and had a volunteer board, but we really didn't get much going until 2012. And, uh, so, so Brandon, what's what's the one thing you're you're most excited about for Coalfield Development right now? What's really exciting to me? I mean, we've had a lot of the real answer is, I mean, the the individual success stories. So we've seen crew members go from you know literally homeless. Uh, to walking across the graduation stage, be the first in their family to ever earn a degree of higher education, and then to land full-time employment, become homeowners and leaders in their community. So uh, that's you know that's what's really inspiring and keeps us going. Organizationally, I feel like the 33, 6, and 3 model, we've hit on something that it it, it can be scaled. You know, it's it's um, if you've got the right partnerships in place. It can be done other parts of the state. It could even be done other parts of the central Appalachian region. So I feel excited about the potential of the idea, even if it's not our one organization to carry it forward. It's an idea that really could that really could be transformative. Mm, absolutely, that's wonderful. As a CEO, uh, as a leader of this organization, you're you're kind of the visionary, as, as I understand it. And, uh, you know, obviously you're working towards something very meaningful with this whole concept of social enterprise and bringing that to West Virginia and, and Appalachia. What, Brandon, what was, what was your worst business moment so far? Can you kind of take us to that place? Sometimes that's a good thing to, to hear others and what, how they dealt with their worst experience and how they pulled themselves out of that. Well, yeah, I can. So we, we had that first crew of three and, you know, I talked about the 33, six and three model. And so the six, the six tends to be really hard because I mean, there's just not a real um, culture that celebrates education as much as we need to, I think in, in West Virginia. And, um, and plus, I mean, it's just hard, if, especially if you're the first in your family, you don't really have a role model to guide you through the challenges of, you know, being in college and also working and committing to personal development and everything else. So, you know, we ask a lot of our crew members for sure. So it, I realized that um, our crew had been skipping their classes and uh, with one crew member in particular who it had, it had become clear was, you know, we were concerned about um, kind of the direction it, of his life without getting into too much detail. And, um, so he was kind of the ringleader, but the whole, the entire crew was going along with it. And it, it just felt like such a brooch of, uh, trust, you know, and I, I felt like, you know, we'd worked so hard to get this thing up and start up and up and going. And, um, you know, it just felt like everything was falling apart. So I gathered everyone together and we had these values, these company values that we come back to again and again, and we sum it up with gumption, grit, and grace. Uh, but the gist of it is, um, the first was no complaining or whining. And then the second one is trust and relationships are our top priority. So we have to be able to trust each other and our community has to be able to trust us as an organization. And so I was trying to illustrate that that trust had been broken. So I took the values off the wall and I shattered them on the ground. You know, I was trying to have this dramatic moment and I caught my thumb as I did it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this just got, became a really bloody mess. Really. I was really upset and there's blood flying around. And, um, 
it's kind of sounds absurd looking back, but at, at the moment, it, I mean, it just really felt like the whole idea was not, you know, really going to, going to stick. Uh, and then we had to make our, you know, as a result of that, we had to make our first termination, which, you know, sometimes you have to do in business, but it never, ever, ever gets any easier. And it's never an easy decision. Um, and so, and, and yet out of the, out of that challenge, um, you know, as, as, as dramatic as it was, and as I, you know, I clearly kind of overreacted, but it, in the end, we, we overcame that and, and, and grew closer as a crew and as a small company and we're stronger for it. And now we can kind of look back and, and all, you know, all, all, not laugh about the termination ever, but certainly laugh about the dramatic moment with the picture frame. Um, so that pops to mind. Well, that's uh, no pun intended that you painted a wonderful picture for us on, on, on that scenario. Brandon, what's what's the one takeaway would you would give everybody from that in one sentence? Sum up that one takeaway from that experience. Well, just to don't just don't. I mean, if you know in your gut that you're on to something that's important and worthwhile, then you just the main thing is to not give up on it. And it's very cliche, but there it is. You know, I feel like so much of business is just not giving up and just keeping going, you know, when it gets tough. Absolutely, man. That's, that's a great takeaway for all of us. I don't care, you know, if you're a nonprofit business or nonprofit organization or a for-profit company, I mean, that's, that's, that's it. That's the gist of it right there. And I love what you said about, you can learn the fundamentals, you know, I mean, you can learn accounting, you can learn HR, you can learn legal, but, at the end, it's almost a, it's a spiritual commitment in your core to just stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I love gumption, grit, and grace. I love that. That's, that, that, that's a visual, you know, just a visual picture of what you're trying to accomplish. That's, that's very cool. What would you say, Brandon, uh, is the best thing about doing what you're doing in West Virginia? I mean, obviously, you've got a nonprofit business, but it sounds like you function – in a lot of different business capacity, what 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 would you say is the best thing about being in West Virginia doing what you're doing? Well, and the vision is that the enterprises, as they get stronger and stronger, they get less dependent on grants and grow their sales and contracts so they can become uh, for-profit subsidiaries. So we're very much committed to, you know, growing entrepreneurship and, and business, private business in the state. And the best thing about being in West Virginia, it is that it's the gumption, grit, and grace that that already is here. So, yeah, West Virginia, you know, it, it's it's still a very genuine place. Whereas a lot of suburbs in our country, you know, one's the same as the other. That's what it feels like. But West Virginia still really got a, a, a genuine uniqueness about it. So I want economic development, but I, I hope we don't lose that along the way because I think it's our greatest strength. Absolutely. What would you say is your your best? business moment. Let us help uh, celebrate that story with you. Well, probably that first graduation. So, so two out of the three made it. Uh, one had gone from literally you know, being homeless, couch surfing. The other was coming out of the foster care uh, system. They both had young, uh, young girls. And, uh, you know, they both would tell you they, they never imagined that, they would, that that moment would happen uh, for them. And I'll just never forget watching them walk, walk across the graduation stage and just the, you know, the chills that ran down my spine. Awesome. So Brandon, take us, like you're, you guys are based in Wayne. Yeah. Uh, so 
do you have employees? How does that work? Are they contractors? How, how, tell us a little bit about the, the makeup of how your company's, uh, your nonprofit is set up. Yep. So we're headquartered in Wayne where we started. We serve Wayne, Lincoln, Cabell, Mingo, and McDowell counties. So kind of the southwestern corner of the state. Uh, of course, we'll probably grow beyond that uh, in time. And um, and our, the, I think the key to our models were a direct job creator. So those crew members are our employees. So we've got about 70 some, we've got actually up, up to about 80 employees total. 55 of those are crew members. So we're hiring formerly unemployed or low income people um, to work 33 hours a week. And then the six and the three, and then the rest of the employees, uh, crew members work in cohorts of three to five under a crew chief, who's a more experienced professional. Uh, each enterprise has a president and a vice president who are th- really the entrepreneurs responsible for the success of their enterprise. And then we've got an executive team here in the main office that uh, tries to keep the ship running straight. Great. So you've got, what, five different business sectors that you're working in. Yeah. Um, you know, example, you know, construction, arts, agriculture, energy. Uh, so – what kind of projects are you working on? I mean, are, are, you said, you, like, for instance, in construction, you're rehabbing old, you know, old buildings and stuff like that in Wayne and other areas. Tell us a little bit about some of the projects you guys are doing. And, and, and uh, so we have a, a, a picture of what that looks like. Sure. So one, one good example of a construction project, we've got a old, this, uh, old factory building in Huntington. They, it's a 100,000-square-foot building. They used to make men's suit. They did a lot of things there, but they were best known for making Corbin suits, which was a high-end suit company headquartered in New York, but manufactured in Huntington and then sold all over the world. At one point, employed thousands of people, mostly women. Um, There's a great oral history project my wife is doing to capture the stories of a lot of the women who worked here. And they talk about just the noise of those machines going up and down, up and down. And, uh, you know, the job's outsourced kind of a classic Rust Belt story and place sat empty for over a decade. You can imagine the decay. Oh, wow. It attracted drugs, yeah. it attracted prostitution. Mm. We bought it for a dollar a square foot, mm. took out a loan, bought it for a dollar a square foot and pulled the community together and really said, we want this to belong to you. Let's develop a vision together. And what came out of that community process was a creative hub for creative people. And so what we have there active now, we have an indoor, uh, um, agriculture center. We do microgreens, mushrooms. We have our wood shop for our arts and culture program. Our wood shop takes recycled wood products and makes furniture. And that's uh, you can see that at Saw's Edge called Saw's Edge, uh, Saw's Edge.com. And we've done some special events. We've had fundraisers, music shows, art festivals, all types of cool stuff already on a shoestring. Now we've um, we've gotten a large federal grant and a loan from BB&T Bank to put in a black box theater, some artist studios, and uh, to do an incubator for other local entrepreneurs to have a low-cost space out of which they can launch their new businesses. That's awesome. So in the one year that we were in that building, it went the calls to that neighborhood, the 911 calls to that neighborhood, dropped by 42%. Mm. And that's from the police department. I mean, that's not our figure. That's the police department's <laughs> figure. Incredible. Um, Another project, just real quick. So we have a a, spite, a a spot in Mingo County. It's a former strip mine, and our um, we're pulling up, digging the rocks back up, kind of uncompacting the soil, 
and then planting hardy crops that can survive out there. Stuff like goji berries, lavender, um, several different types of uh, herbs. And the and the idea is um, so we use some equipment to loosen up the ground. I mean, this is a huge scar on the landscape. We come in and use equipment to loosen up the ground. Then um, the let's see the the goats come first. The goats clear the shrubbery. Then the chickens come and peck the ground up, scratch it up, and then the pigs come and root around and really make turn it into mud so that it can be productive soil again. It's almost kind of an amazing thing to see happen amazing. over time. Sounds amazing. We're hiring local people, former coal miners, uh, to do this. Hmm. Wow. That is, that's, that's really cool. And that, thanks for filling us in on, on a couple of those projects. I'm going to come back to you here in a second. But first, I want to take a, a few seconds to uh, mention our incredible sponsors. The State Journal, WVNews.com, United Bank, Milan, and Interaction Media. It's the support we receive from these organizations that allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia, just like those at Coalfield Development Corporation. All right, Brandon, let's get back to the to your story. Brandon, what's what's one thing that you want to know that, that people you want people to know out there that are listening about what you do? I think most importantly, I'm a mentor. So, um, in a professional sense, we we hire folks who, you know, a lot of times I think they would say they're kind of searching for what they want to get out of life, and I think it's my job to um lead by example. And it's my job to ask really good questions and provide a really supportive space here at Coalfield Development so that people can figure out what their purpose is in life. And we would never tell someone what that is, but we want Coalfield to be a place where that can be figured out. Mm, I love it. And, And it's evident, you know, you can take a person from being homeless to equipping them to full time employment to home ownership. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Awesome. Well done, buddy. That's that's fantastic. What's the vision you have long term for Coalfield? We're trying to figure that out. Actually, I mean, it's it's already grown more than well, it's grown faster than I would have ever expected. I and mean, we started in one county, now we're in five. And so we're actually this year we're trying to slow it down, not too much, just just a tad. And uh, as a team, kind of think through, um, you know, how how big, how far, how fast. You know, interestingly, so certainly throughout southern West Virginia, there's potential, and probably throughout the rest of central Appalachia, there's potential. But there's a, in my travels, when I was a little bit younger, I mean, I noticed a lot of connections that, uh, you know, mining, coal mining community in southern West Virginia is really not all that different from a gold mining community in, you know, Kalahari areas of Africa. Um, and or a Pluto, or a uh, uranium mine on a Navajo reservation. So, and and I feel like a lot of times in rural areas, maybe our biggest weakness is kind of our lack of diversity, and sometimes our lack of exposure to different ways of thinking, different ways of living. Um, not that we need to, you know, change how we think or how we live, but I think it's really healthy to interact with people who are different from us. And so I've always kind of thought there's something there in 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 extraction-based communities around the world kind of uh, realizing how much more we have in common than, than what's different. But that's kind of in the back of my mind. I mean, that, that feels far off right now, but it's something mm-hmm. I can't help thinking about. Absolutely. Yeah. 
What's the one piece of advice, Brandon, you would give, uh, especially young uh, people who want to get into business or maybe um, start a company or even a nonprofit like you're you're doing there and you've done in, in Wayne, uh, in, in our great state of West Virginia, what's one piece of advice you would give them? Trust your gut. Um, be, be willing to put your ideas up against really uh, stern skepticism, but at the same time, you know, be willing to, to withstand that and to test your ideas against that. But, you know, trust your gut at the end of the day and, um, and, and then don't, don't give up once you're sure you're on the right path. Just don't give up. Awesome, man. That's, that's well, well stated. And, and not only is it, uh, something you're saying you're doing, you know, a lot of people talk about creating jobs, but you're actually doing it. And I would add one other piece of advice that, that you've already stated that I, if I remember correctly, you said do good in the world. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't think of anybody else that's doing better in the world than what you're doing with this with this venture, man. This is awesome. I, so my, I mentioned the church in the Shepherdstown when yeah. I was in college and yeah. the pastor there, his name is Randy Trimba. He always talked about this intersection and he would draw it on a piece of paper like a, like a graph, you know, through X and Y axis. He said there's an intersection exists somewhere in the world between your unique skills and talents and a need in the world. Mm. And somewhere those two things interact and intersect. That makes the X on the graph. That's right. And, you know, that's where, wherever that is in the world is where you need to be. Absolutely. Brandon, what's one thing that you do every day that you think contributes to your success? I take a lot of time for reflection, um, for prayer and reflection, and I try to protect some quiet time um, without my phone or a computer at some point in the day. And I think that's a really underestimated um, key to to holding it all together in what can be a very chaotic environment sometimes. Yes. Good stuff. What's one resource that you use in Coalfield that you can't live without? I would say my journal. I, I, uh, I journal, sometimes I write, uh, you know, kind of summarize the day as like a poem. And uh, I think it, that keeps me connected to why I'm doing this in, in the first place and um, keeps me humble. You know, some, when I look back on a day, you know, reminded of things I could have done better or different or things that went really well that I'm grateful for. Um, so it's a very much a grounding experience. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's got a Google calendar or a calculator, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff. But I feel like that helps me really keep it real. Wonderful. What's one book you would recommend for aspiring business people? Hmm. Well, I'll give one, you know, there's a real small little book. It's called Social Entrepreneurship, What Everyone Needs to Know by David Bornstein and Susan Davis. It's a real thin book. It's not rocket science, but it's very well written. It's inspirationally written, and it really, it captures in about 120 pages or so what social entrepreneurship is all about. And it also gives some very good tangible advice if you want to be a social entrepreneur. That'd be my recommendation. Awesome, man! And we'll have uh, we'll have that in the show notes too. And uh, if we can find the link to it, we'll put put one of those in the show notes for the for the podcast as well. Perfect. One of the things that uh, 
that we're trying to do here at Positively West Virginia is besides, you know, highlighting positive stories of West Virginia businesses and companies is making connections. Uh, Brandon, if you could meet anyone in West Virginia, who would it be and why? Hmm. Uh, currently or, or um, throughout history? Either, either, either way. Just a fun, fun little question. That is a fun question. I think, um, golly, geez, I'm drawing a blank on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I, I figured that would be a tough one because it sounds like you're pretty well connected already. I've been really, yeah, I feel like I've, I, I've been really uh, fortunate in that regard um, to, get, to get to meet a lot of, uh, a lot of great West Virginians. That's so, awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm lucky in that regard. No problem. In closing, Brandon, how can our listeners learn more about what you're doing at Coalfield Development, and how can they contact you? Um, so you can always check out our website, uh, coalfield-development.org, and I'm, I'm pretty sure my personal email's on there, but if not, it's a bdennison at coalfield-development.org, and folks are welcome to uh, drop me a line at any time. Awesome. Brandon, thanks you, thank you again for being a a guest on Positively West Virginia. It's really cool to get some insight on uh, in, in what you're doing there. Uh, do you have any final closing uh, comments or anything like that? Well, I think, you know, back to the question about who in West Virginia would I want to meet. My my sense is there's a, a West Virginian out there, could be younger, could be older, who uh, has a great entrepreneurial idea that could be a huge deal for our state. And um, that's who I would love to meet and just hear their idea and do everything I can help. I can to help make it happen. That's 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 amazing. Yeah, perfect. That's a great great response. I appreciate that. <clears throat> well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WVNews.com, Interaction Media, United Bank, and Milan. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across our great state of West Virginia, companies and organizations just like Coalfield Development Corporation and Brandon, our hope is that we in some way inspire and teach you all by sharing these awesome success stories in West Virginia. If you or if you know someone who would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website, PositivelyWV.com. Of course, we encourage you to share these stories too on your social media channels. For Positively West Virginia, I'm Jim Matuga.